Welcome back to the Unknown TBR Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole. Looking forward to today's episode because I have another very special author guest. Thank you for joining me. Okay, so this week I am here with the fabulous Susan Tuttle. She <laughs> has joined me again. And um, this week we are kind of discussing books that deal with um, where one or more of the characters is dealing with a loss kind of ties into your upcoming book, but just to kind of get um, a feel, writing characters coming from a place of grief, I feel can be really tricky. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's a hard thing to, I feel like really get right. What do you, why do you think that is? And can you give me an example of a book that you feel handles this well? Um, Well, it is hard because you're dealing with a very deep pain. I mean, Mm -hmm. loss is something we can all, I think, understand because I think most people in life have dealt with loss. But not only is it a deep pain, but everybody processes loss differently. So to try to write a character experiencing loss in a way that people can relate to, but also understanding that everybody's grief journey is going to be different and the way mm-hmm. they cross and the way they handle it is going to be different and and wanting to respect that and honor that as you're writing it um it's just it's, it's a, sometimes can be a, a difficult balance but um I know you and I had kind of talked ahead of time about the fact that we we're going to be chatting about this and yeah. so we we were thinking of different books and one that came to mind for me right away was uh Becky Wade's My Stubborn Heart I think you and I both were like that's Becky Wade's yes. book <laughs> so and honestly, it was the first book I ever read of hers. And mm-hmm. I think it was her first Christ, uh, contemporary Christian releases, like back from, I mean, it's probably almost 10 years now. And um, she handled, so the character was, were Kate and Matt. And Matt is the one that was struggling with loss. And it was his wife. His wife had died of cancer, I believe. And that was a deep wound he carried watching her pass away and the loss of the control of that and and still being steeped in the grief of that. And how do you come out of that? And how do you continue your life when someone you love so deeply passed away? And so she handled it so well and she paired him so well with Kate who, um, and she walked those two characters through that and through being able to fall in love again. And um, I just, I love that story, not only for all those reasons, but she balanced that depth of grief with also um, these side characters. She had these like elderly group of side characters that just give you moments of levity and life and beauty. And so um, I remember, I still, that's one of my favorite books of hers. Same, I mean, I remember, I think I reread it last year and it was like, oh my goodness, it's so well paired. And you're right, adding just that little bit of humor in there mm-hmm. in the right in the right context can so help with make it not feel like it's just about the grief. I don't know. It's it's like that's such a hard balance, especially when you're dealing with contemporary romance for the yeah. you know, most part it's like you want it to be light in some way, but they do wrestle with those harder. Yeah, especially that one just felt so like the emotions that came off were so still, still felt raw in some ways. That's a great word. Yeah, he was Mm -hmm. very much dealing with raw emotion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
completely agree. <laughs> I mean, that one is just like a great way to deal with it. A great way to deal with also, it's like um, the guilt for feeling like you're moving on as well. Yes, exactly. Like, how do you walk through that? How does your yeah. life go on when mm -hmm. somebody that you love so dearly and you envisioned your life going on with that person is now gone? And um, are you... It almost kind of in some ways feel like, are you betraying that? Are you leaving that person yeah. behind? But yet you have no choice because your life yeah. is still moving forward. So yeah. it's it's a very hard thing to to walk through and, and go through. So, and, and Becky handled that very well with that book. Very, very well. Um, I feel like another one, it's um, a bit more recent, Rachel Houck's new book, To Save a King did handled um a similar type trip again it was a widower okay and he like really recent relatively recently I think it was like within two years it was like two years oh, or wow. less so it's really fresh and really raw and I feel like it's like going into that it's like wow how is she gonna handle this because I also feel like it's it's tricky too especially when you're doing it close together to switch and she added even like like mystery elements that are going on with his wife like he had questions about what had gone on in his wife's life you know and he he won't get those the answers yeah. and because she's no longer there and it's just I felt like that dealt with a lot of a lot of that too well I think yeah you know, when you're dealing with loss and, yeah. and you're also dealing with the fact that there are going to be things that you're never going to have answers to. You're never going to yeah. be able to really feel like there's a complete, um, a completeness there and, and you get robbed of that. And I think you have mm -hmm. to kind of, and so I haven't read that one, but that sounds really intriguing because I think that adds a whole nother level to what yeah. they're walking through. So, well, and, and it's a, it's in one of her royalty series. So yeah. he's in line to be a king and he needs to be married in order to move through. So I feel like that helped push the plot along too. Yeah. But um, I mean, she has a great way of balancing all that, all those kind of elements. And I feel like she that does. Really she's great yeah. with different emotions and different plot points mm -hmm. and different elements. I mean, like she just weaves them really every one of her books that I've read I've enjoyed I haven't read as many of hers that are out but every time I pick up one of her books I just feel like they are so complete they're they're very thorough and she hits so many elements and balances them really well and believably I think that's the thing she takes a situation that you don't think is gonna it could feel contrived and she makes yes. it feel believable yes exactly and it's I know I've I've recently rediscovered her and catching up on some of her backlist and it's like how have I not read more of these before and it's just like I don't know but now I have so many books in so little time I know and I feel like for a while I just thought oh it's it's not my type of genre and then I start picking them up and it's like oh there's such great emotion and great story told through there that yep. yeah she, she does that well fun to rediscover. Okay. So what's another one that you like? 
So the other one that I went to, and this is a little different, um, but I went to Melissa Takes Now and then and Always. And um, the Marshall, so it's Mara and Marshall, and it's, um, you know, if he's not dealing with the loss of a spouse, he's dealing with the loss of a child. But his grief, mm-hmm. in some ways, I think, I think that might even be harder to handle than the loss of a spouse. And why that kind of stood out to me is because and we'll, I'll talk a little bit about never too late in a little bit, but there's multiple layers of loss in, and one of my characters is dealing with both the loss of a spouse and a child. And I could see in Marshall so much of that, that, um, how we could relate to the struggle that my character was going through. But Melissa Tagg is one of my favorite contemporary authors who I think just continues to get better with every book she writes and they become more layered and they become deeper and i'm like every time i think she can't push it even farther she does and this story i absolutely loved everything from like their meet cute (laughs) like here you have this guy that is so incredibly broken but then you have this adorable meet cute of him meeting mara and you have him being so protective and not overprotective, but just he's a, he's a really good, protective, strong man, even in his brokenness. Um, and Mara is starting to kind of help him walk through that. And then there's this great mystery element that kind of weaves mm. through the whole plot. But um, as they work through, and I think, um, but the grief that he had to deal with that actually kind of his marriage broke apart because of it. Um, he ends up divorced after his daughter dies. And I, I think he really just has hit rock bottom at the beginning of this story. You can you really see he has hit rock bottom and you realize there's no place for him to go but up. But it's the question of how is he going to do that? And how is he going to release this grief? And how is he going to lean into God to heal him and kind of give up the hurts that he has to allow God to heal him so that he can move forward. Because as much as he doesn't want his life to kind of continue, like we talked about that already, like how can my life be continuing when this person is gone and you don't get a choice in that? You're still waking up every morning. You're still have life in front of you. And Marshall has to learn how to do that, how to move on without his little girl. And it's a completely beautiful story. So, and and I love the love of a father for his daughter. And that to me just spoke out so much. So you hurt for him in it, but then you root for him too. Yeah. And I mean, that's a trick. I remember um, when, when I had um, Becky Wade on the podcast, we were talking about, you know, it's like romance novels are usually wrapped up a lot in, in emotion as it is, but to add like an element of grief to go through, that's like a whole nother level of writing to work through those emotions as well and then develop it into a, a, a love story as well yeah. and that's just I know I it's a tricky balance again, it's like <laughs> it is it really is because you don't want to not do justice to the story of loss right but you have to keep it moving yeah. man you guys <laughs> <laughs> <It's a challenge. laughs> Okay, so I was like racking my brain trying to think up um, books with, you know, a similar thing. And I have thought of a couple. It's a historical that Mm. has dealt with a spouse and a child and the husband still um, survives. And that is The the Inheritance by Tamara Alexander. 
Okay. This was my very first of her books. And I remember just being completely sucked into the story. And I believe a little bit of place has taken time. And it is a historical. So, I mean, people did have to survive and move on in a different way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, it, it, humans are humans and they still have those emotions going yeah. through. And he runs into the heroine McKenna, who has a little sister, I believe the same age as his daughter would have been. So oh. there's a little, there's, there's the hero working through a lot of those characters and he's just, and I forgot to write his name down. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and it's like, oh my goodness, I forgot his name, but he's really good. And it's just like, just seeing his care, his compassion and stuff for people. And he's still such a strong character and moving through and how he uses sometimes his place of grief, still going, coming out of the grief because it's been I believe a little bit of time but I don't know I, I really loved his arc I loved seeing how he used his life experience to really like encourage and edify others I love that about him yeah uh, you always add to my t- my um, TBR list when I talk to you I'm like oh another book to add on I feel like it's like toppling over and gonna consume me but I, I know, to, right? Time to read. <laughs> I know, and it's just like, and then I've recently discovered. You're, I'm just gonna throw it in, um, like, um, God, um, what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> I know her name. Um, I'm gonna have to edit this part out. I love it because I'm usually the one that forgets names. I know, and it, this time I forgot the author's name and Nicole Deese. I know my first <gasps> name. I mean, that was <laughs> yeah. So in Nicole Deese's, she has um like a new sh- her a new shade of summer, her season of actually both of the main books in that series have them coming from a season of love, is her coming out of the death of her husband so it was a a widow in this case but it was just like and she's raising a child alone and it was just all those emotions that carried through I feel like Nicole Deese also does that really play on emotions very well yeah definitely okay so let's talk about never too late (laughs) so excited you did such a great job with this one well thank you so, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it, it was a story that's a long time in coming so mm-hmm. yep because when did you release um when was was After, it 2019 that um 2018 well 2018 2019 20 yes 2018 was at first glance. Okay. Or 2017. 2017 was at first glance, which was my debut. But I mean, I, but I wrote that for, I wrote that well before 2017. Um, It was one of my first, like, really going to dive in. And I I completed other novels um, and had been a part of ACFW and had been a part of the critique loop and had learned a lot. And it was the first one that I really sat down Mm -hmm. and applied 
a lot of what I was learning in, in the, my writing journey. And um, still I'm growing to this day. I think writers are always growing, always pushing, always hopefully getting better. But, and at first glance, Rachel showed up on the page and yep. I knew a snippet of her story that just got revealed there. And I was like, oh girl, you need a happy ever after. And so I waited all this time to write her happy ever after, so. I, I think I read her in 2019, early 2019 or late 2018. Okay. And, um, and yeah, she was definitely one of those characters that jumped out to me as a reader. Like, I'm like, oh my goodness, is she gonna get a story? Because she just did, she was dealing with so much and came out of so much. I love characters with those kinds of backstories. Yeah. So, um. I really want to talk though about like <laughs> Rachel who has <laughs> Rachel who has lost you know her oh I don't know if I what's spoilerish <laughs> yeah so you know right away in the first book she um yeah. she got pregnant as a teen and had her son Gavin um she then ended up marrying one of her brother's friends who um then they had a daughter Brianna and then her husband and her daughter passed away. And that has all happened that comes out in the first book. You, you kind of get okay. a snippet of, of her, um, but you don't know much more other than, you know, her son, Gavin, um, obviously is a cancer survivor. He goes through cancer too. So she's had, I mean, she's been put through the ringer and you see that. No kidding. I know, I'm like, oh my God, as her story continues. <laughs> are we sure about this Lord? You know, like, because I, I just, and I'd seen this woman who was strong to the people around her, mm -hmm. um, she came, but I knew that she was still carrying some of her own hurts and struggles. And sometimes what she would say, even though it was head knowledge, she was struggling in her heart to believe it. And I think she was saying it and talking to those around her as much to try to convince herself and push herself and keep moving herself. And so you see that in the first, in the first book, um, and you see her great relationship with her brother Jonah, who's the hero in the first book. And in the second book, then again, maybe um, you get to see a little bit of Evan get introduced. And Evan and Rachel are friends. Um, Evan, I, I did not expect at all. He popped up in then again, maybe, and he was just mm -hmm. there. <laughs> and he was right away um I didn't even know why but she called him Batman and I knew his name was Bruce yep. and you get that in that first book or in the book that he's <laughs> in the second book when you first meet him so you know that too um but I was like yeah why why is that his name I just knew that needed to be his name and so getting to finally sit down with the two of them and write their story and dig deeper into both of them and their struggles was a lot of fun and a lot of um, also very hard. Uh, so, because I, as strong as they both were in those first two books, they didn't mm -hmm. want to talk a lot when it got to their book. So, ah, like I, I, I see how you mean. Cause it's like Rachel popped out that first book and then that one scene that you have of her, I were the scene that I remember staying vividly <laughs> in my mind in, um, um, then again, maybe was when 
Evan did the little adjustment so that way she could reach the popcorn. I, t- oh. I kid you not. I am like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a good here. Like, it was just like, it was just that subtle because I'm a huge sucker for like the little small gestures that I feel like can sometimes build up to have so much meaning yeah. and so much meaning underneath. And I feel like that was a little glimpse of the depth to him. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. So how did you? <laughs> I know exactly what scene you mean, because when I wrote that, that was just in the moment. It just happened. It felt natural. Mm-hmm. And it stopped me too. Cause yeah. I was like, oh yeah. Okay. You know, you too. So, um, because it, it was such yep. a, it was such a natural thing for him to do to just hand it, you know, and, and it just, the scene just went on. It was such a, it was a blip, but it just really yep. started to create in my mind who the two of them were that popcorn scene. <laughs> that makes complete sense. So how was it developing him though? Um, he was hard. He was very hard. I, I quickly figured out that the reason he, he was called Batman is because he did have some darkness to him. Not, not that he was a bad person at all, but mm-hmm. he had some deep, deep struggles that he was str- going through and he was very, could be very closed off. I don't think he was as closed off so much with Rachel as he was with me as a writer. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> he just... He just put that shield up and just, I had to dig a lot for him. I, I knew, um, early on, I knew that he had, in fact, I put it up on my page in my Tuttle tribe that I knew that there was a little girl in his past that he had been best friends with. And I knew that she had passed away. So he has his own kind of journey of grief a little bit. It's a completely different journey of grief and loss than what Rachel's is a hundred percent. But I think that's the mm-hmm. truth of what grief and loss are is like we said earlier impacts it impacts all of our lives and it impacts all of us differently and the way that we handle it and what god needs to heal in our heart and how he does that healing is so dependent on what the loss was what it stems from and what our personality is and um so he was dealing with that i knew there was this little girl mandy that played into his story but it wasn't until i started writing and kept pushing him and pushing him that those, that, that started, that full story started to come out and I saw how it impacted him and how Mm -hmm. it made him a police officer, but what he carried with him because of his, what had originally been, I mean, Rachel's his best friend in this book, but there was Mandy before that that had been his best friend. I know. And that's so powerful too, because I feel like there's so many times that you wish, oh, I mean, not to those drastic circumstance that Evan had to live with but there's oftentimes like oh I wish I could have done something differently or would this have helped somebody more if it would have played out differently I mean it's so easy to try and oh if I could replay it you know but and and the neat thing I got to do with him is I don't I want to say a neat thing but what I got to discover with him is the impact of people's words to you when you're experiencing a loss and yeah. he had experienced a loss of his friend and the things that people said to him it wasn't it wasn't just the loss of his friend the way he yeah. was processing it was because of what people said to him on the heels of that loss that made him carry a sense of 
responsibility and guilt and this yeah. desire to take care of ever like I can't let like that is really what impacted him and I thought we have to be so careful when people are walking through grief there's this desire to feeling like we have to say something you yeah. have to say something but sometimes we just need to sit in silence with the people that are experiencing their grief and let them walk through it. Just let them know we're here, but not every moment needs to be filled with words. And yeah. I got to kind of explore that a little through both of them, but also with Evan because of how, how that impacted him. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And that is also the hard thing. It's like, oh, it's us wanting to, again, like wanting to try and fix it. Yeah, I could just say the right words, but it's like some of these things, they aren't fixed with words. You have no. to. You can't fix it with words. The only person that's no. going to fix it is Jesus and walking us through it and, and repairing our heart with, with, with his fullness and his love and in his time, um, you know, and, and the best way to sometimes be a friend is to just sit with someone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what was one of your favorite parts of writing the story? What did you really enjoy? Um, I loved their friendship. Um, I married my best friend. So it was really fun to get to write friends on a page. I hadn't gotten to do that yet. Uh, friends to more story. And because they were such good friends, I love their banter. They just had a real yeah. easy way to talk with one another. And I had once... The, talking to each other, they did great. Talking to me, not so much. So when I was, I'm like, come on, you guys. Um, but I you had, were the, you were the third wheel. <laughs> I, was the, I was completely the third wheel with these two. <laughs> but I, I love their banter and their easiness and the way they cared for one another. Um, and then one of the story elements I so enjoyed. Well, and I also love that this story was a little bit leaning more towards plot driven than character driven. I had a little bit of a plot of a story going on there with the missing child. And that was fun to do. I hadn't really done that before. It was just a tiny dipping my toes into um, doing a little bit more with plot. That was a fun stretch. And then I, I love the floriography angle. I love this idea oh, yes. that flowers have meaning. And that to me was so much fun to start to to research that and look into that. I found this beautiful floriography book um, and look at how you can actually send messages with flowers. So it was all those little things that were new to me that I discovered along the way that just made it fun in the midst of trying to get this story written. Because like I said, they were very quiet. There was a lot of days of staring at my computer screen and going absolutely nowhere. And when I would start to write feeling, it was very disconnected. And this story really, above all my other stories, I really felt like every day I was like, Lord, you have to give me something because I got nothing here. And then when I got to the end of it, I handed it to um, one of my author friends who does always does my first read-throughs to kind of comment back to me on things. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I'm like, this story is terrible. It's absolutely awful. And I don't even think it makes sense because I was so disconnected. And when she read through it, she was able to say, but did you see that God dropped in this and God dropped in this and God dropped in this. And so that was really great to see. So, yeah, I mean, God completely sustained. I mean, he always does, but in this one, especially, I felt like 
he wrote it so much more than me. <laughs> and that's so neat. And I feel like so much of it, I don't know how to describe it, but it is like, it felt like it's a trope kind of completely all its own because you had <laughs> friends to more, but there was like a lot of um, really great tension, but it was also like tension between the lines and with the whole like messages with flowers. And I don't know, there was something that was almost like subtext that went through it. Yeah. I don't well, know. It's like coming through that, that was really. Well, neat. between the flowers and the art. Um, yeah the things that Rachel started to do with her art that I did not know about her when I started this book. Yeah. Um, I did not, I knew she, I knew she painted flowers because she had painted one for Penny and at first glance, mm -hmm. I did not know what else she did with her art. And as that unraveled and that whole piece took place by the time I got to the end of the story and how I saw God use, like you said, that subtext through there too. Yeah. It just, I mean, that's nothing short of his creativity um, and just me getting to go along for that ride. Um, but that was another really fun angle as, as her art and, and just the, the interesting things that she does with it. Well, isn't it true also with art, especially like painting, usually when that art, usually when the painting is like at a point that you're like, this can't be used, that's <laughs> right before it starts to tip. And then you add those details and the extra layers <laughs> up and then it's like, and then it comes together. It comes together. Yeah. Exactly. hundred percent. Yep. Yep. So how did you feel it was balancing the weight of grief that Rachel held? And I guess a little bit of the, the, the grief and the, the baggage that Evan held with like a new romance. How was that right? That was a really hard balance to strike. Um, you know, she's, she's, in a, she's in a different place because she's been a widow for like nine years. So there's a lot yeah. of her that has come to grips with that and really she's walked out of the depths of the grief she's she's dealt with a lot she's in a very healthy place in a lot of ways but what's happening is because she was a teenage mom um and she's already she lost her toddler and her husband and and now her son is going to college and she's like experiencing loss a little bit in another way in the sense of yeah everybody's left me like everyone's leaving me and and, and I will say Rachel is a very she is a very healthy character. She's, she's got a good head on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. But I think one of her biggest fears is loving and losing again. Like yeah. she just, she doesn't want to take that risk. And you have Evan, who's a police officer who is coming off of having just been shot, which, you know, if you read the back of the book, he's recovering from a gunshot wound. And so she's like, why on earth? And he's her best friend, but she's like, why on earth would I want to put myself, knowingly put myself in a situation of falling in love with someone who has a job? And I'm not going to ask you not to do that job, you know? Yeah. And so um, her having to begin to walk through that last little bit that she's been holding on to of how her grief and her loss has affected her life. And I think she's walked through so much of it and she's been so healthy. And she's been a voice of truth in so many ways, but you know, that's what God does with us. He, he slowly walks us through areas of our life. He doesn't deal with everything in us at once because he knows we couldn't handle that, but he's mm -hmm. constantly walking us towards healing into a wholeness. And right when we think we're going to be, we've, we've got it all together. He's like, Oh no, there's still this little piece of your heart that I want to heal. And so walking 
through that with her and trying to not aggravate Evan or make her a wishy-washy back and forth character yeah. because she, she does care for him and she yeah. does have feelings and there is attraction there. And I didn't want, I wanted to not have interactions between them that were contrived. I wanted them to be organic. I wanted mm -hmm. them both to be adults in the moments. Um, but I, I knew there was still a struggle going on, but I also knew like, how long is Evan gonna, you know, how, how long can somebody hold on and put up with stuff? So just trying to find that balance was difficult. I bet, and you know, right? Good on you for like having them have like conversations and not just letting it. I don't know. I feel like maybe it's because of Evan, but it's like he would bring it up and address it. And I feel like maybe that was his matter of factness that it's like, okay, well, this is going on. You know, let's not just push this under the rug and dance around it. He really does seem to push her in a way to address it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> we're both adults we're gonna have this conversation yeah, yeah. I mean, like, let's not pretend let's let's yeah. have this discussion we're not you know i appreciated yeah. that seeing yeah. that on the page so thank you i try and, characters do that <laughs> i know and it's like it's almost something that you expect in books because you see it so often that it's like when you see it there's like oh they're actually having a conversation and it isn't taking away from anything it's just moving it forward it's like that is refreshing <laughs> i will <laughs> i will say though it's like i will never get tired of hearing jonah say is this seat taken that never gets old oh. to me but i <laughs> like every time he says that it's like that's just smiles but I really enjoyed Evan and I mean just his character I mean he may have dethroned Jonah just <laughs> Evan's a really great guy he he really is yeah. I agree Jonah has a special place in my heart and that is one of my favorite lines that literally came out of nowhere and just kept happening so it's been fun to slip it into additional books because it is kind of how he tells me yeah. you know it's like a little I love you to have it's their own little language and and I think you got to keep that even when you're married, you have to have those moments, you know, like, so oh. I, I'm glad you appreciate it and still see it. So. I do. That was super sweet. It's really fun to see them. You know, it's like, because it's like, like a few years down the road, you know, yeah. between the last couple of months, it's just fun to see that continuance of that. And yeah, I, I really do love how authentic your characters feel too. I feel like they display really authentic human emotion and I really appreciate that. What do you feel like is a key part as a writer for making that point to have them come across as real feel? Um, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, when I'm, when I'm writing my characters, um, I think that I, I don't see them as a character. I see them as a person. I don't mm. see like what I'm writing on a page. I really try to either think of somebody I know that has gone through that or what I really do is try to stop and say, okay, if this were me, if mm. this all happened to me, if this was something I'm going through, how would I respond in this moment? Um, and what and then I will say there's a part of me that also says you know as a reader what what I want to see 
yeah. um, the scene, what would I want to see? And I'm constantly trying to think of, I mean, we know as, as authors and as writers, there are certain things we have to do, you know, especially with a happily ever after the romance, it has to have a happily ever after. It has to have a black moment, all is lost. Mm -hmm. um, it, it has to have conflict. And so you think, okay, but especially the more you write, how can I write conflict and make it organic to the story and not me just trying to have conflict for the sake of conflict. Yeah. And so it's going through those scenes, sometimes tweaking them, sometimes changing them. I've written scenes one way before and looked at it and been like, no, this is me being, for lack of a better word, lazy as a writer, because I don't want to have to figure out an adult way through this. Like this is, you know, and so sometimes I have to walk away and process it and come back. And sometimes I have to scrap full scenes because they're just not working. Um, but it's about, like I said, just kind of sitting in and going, okay, what, what would I do? If this were me, what would I do? Um, mm. and, and trying, and I don't, I don't get it right all the time, but I try to get it right more often than I get it wrong. So. Well, that's good advice. I, I really enjoy that. I think that that's true. It's like, yeah, you have to be able to put yourself in their shoes. I guess even as a reader too, is like, does this feel? Right. And it does. So and what's and next? Feel, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and does it feel right to that character? Because as much as I try to put yes. myself in those shoes, I still have to think about the personality of the character I'm writing and um, yeah. think of, okay, how would a real response to this be? How would I respond? And is that real to this character or how do I need to tweak it to match their personality? Because their personality might be quite different than mine. So I'm, yeah. you know, that's, there's a lot of levels that go into that. So have you ever at like, how is that writing a different personality from yeah. your own thing? Cause I'm like, do you have a, like, a friend? Like, what would you do if this? <laughs> yeah, it can be really tough because it's just like dealing with someone who has a different personality than you. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, I can't force, I mean, I could, I'm the right, I'm the author. I could force them to be like me then that's not going to resonate with readers. And so sometimes I have to set myself aside and go, I don't, I don't like you right now, but this is what you would do in this moment. You know? So. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That's cool. Um, so what's next for you as an author? Okay. So, well, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So like, um, I was gonna say like never before, which is Melissa Tagg's book that I was just looking at the name of. Um, never <laughs> too late. Let's talk, get my title right. Um, never too late uh, is coming out in November, obviously November second. And then in May, I actually have another book coming out that's called Out of the Blue. And what's surprising to me is that I actually wrote Out of the Blue before I ever wrote Rachel's story. So I had written at Ooh. first glance and put that out to try to get it published. And while I was waiting to see if it would get published, I wrote Out of the Blue. So I knew Rachel existed, but I had no idea what, I had no idea if I'd ever write her story. I didn't really think about her story, but I wrote Out of the Blue and I wrote Out of the Blue really at a time that we had just lost our fa my father-in-law. We were walking through the grief of losing my father-in-law. And so part of the story of Out of the Blue was me processing through the grief of that and watching my family process that grief. So Out of the Blue is actually another character who's a widow. Never thought these books would come out close to each <laughs> other at all. Um, 
you know, having two characters like that, but her, her grief journey is completely different. Um, she's much more fresh into having lost her husband. It's a completely different story of mm. how he passed away and the setting and what she's learning through. She's really, truly dealing with things that Rachel had dealt with years before. So as, as characters are completely different spots, but I did chuckle a little at God's timing. Cause I was like, you're having me put out two books <laughs> like apparently you want this message and I'm processing it in different ways and um their stories and their arcs are completely different um which was neat for me to be able to like we talked about early on um walking through loss in different ways with all of these different characters and just saying and at the same time while you're all dealing with a common theme of loss you're all handling it differently, but the same God can heal you. And he's going to do that mm. and getting to see that occur in all of their, in all of their stories was really neat for me as an author. I lost you. Oh, there you are. No, it, it blanked out and I'm like, it's still We're recording. Still. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm hoping that it went through. <laughs> okay. I so that was really neat. That was I think, yeah. we, and honestly, my job as an author is to write the stories. I don't get to pick when they go out. I mean, everything else, once it's out of my hands, it's in God's hands. So yeah. I have to be like, okay, you have a purpose and plan for this. So that one will come out in May. Okay. And is that going to be a standalone or is that connected in any way to your other ones? So it is not. What was one of the fun things about this one is I kind of love, love you truly was a standalone. Yeah, to sneak in a little um, Easter egg and never to, in, in my other stories, I get to sneak in a little Easter egg where you see Harlow and Blake. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> forgot to mention that that was so fun. <laughs> it's fun to do. Um, out of the blue, if you look really closely, there is a little Easter egg that loosely, loosely ties them, but if you're not looking, you won't see it. And even when you probably read out of the blue, you'd have to go back and look for it, but it is there because all my stories take place in Michigan. And so um, that's part of the fun that I get to do as an author. I often drop in things for either readers or for family members or for friends. Like I like to drop little things in um, that you don't, you know, you, you could read right past and not know it's there. So, but it is currently a standalone. Okay. Um, there, there will be, I do have a novella, a prequel novella that I am going to, if everything goes right, um, I'm going to put out for my newsletter subscribers and for free, and that'll come out just like a month or two before the May release. That's my goal. So it'll pre okay. be a prequel novella to introduce you to this town um, and um, some of the people there and get a feel for what's coming. And then there are other books that could take place after it. As an author, we just never know. <laughs> We never know. contracted, so. Well, that is going to be really fun. Now I feel like I need to go back and read Love You Truly because I'm like, I'm going to be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the Easter egg will be in Never Too Late. So I, I dropped it in there too. So it's, it's in Never okay. Too Late. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put up my conspiracy board and try and figure <laughs> out what it is. There you go, exactly. <laughs> oh. Well, that sounds really great. Looking, looking forward to all these. Cause yeah, it's when, when I sat down, it's like, oh, let's do this. There aren't 
a lot with this yeah. trope. So that's really interesting that you have two coming out because there aren't <laughs> a ton. So yeah. be fun. That's going to be fun. I so, hope so. <laughs> well, not fun that they're going through grief, but. No, no, but I mean, like yeah. I said, it's, it's always interesting for me to go along on this ride with God and just say, mm -hmm. whatever you want, whatever you want to do and, and wait and see, you know, because I fully believe that every story he puts out from every author is meant for an audience, you know, mm -hmm. and so. Yeah. It, and sometimes I get to see that and sometimes I don't, but I trust and believe that he gets them to where they need to be. That is a really, a really great thing. And it's, hey, it's great to have as a reader. So I really thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for talking with me today. I appreciate you having me. Thank you oh, so much. Absolutely. Okay. So, and where can your listeners follow you and subscribe to your newsletter? So um, you can subscribe to my newsletter really well through my website. So it's SusanLTuttle.com. I have to get my initial in there because there's other Susan Tuttles out there. So SusanLTuttle.com, Instagram or Facebook. Also, um, you can find me. Same thing. Susan L. Tuttle is my handle on both of those places. Um, I have an author page in, the, in my Instagram account. And you can always find my newsletter through there, those places as well. So awesome. Sounds so good. Thank you again. Through Instagram, so. No. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we will be back with an episode in another two weeks. Talk to you then. Bye.